there, folks, and welcome to another bonus edition slash special episode of Hardly Heroes. The recording date is October 3rd, 2021. I am, my name is Caleb Baldwin. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at I am Caleb B. Follow my co-host and producer and good friend Eddie Cornelison at EDDYC85. Follow the show on Twitter at EC underscore hero. Check out our Instagram. Eddie posts a lot of pictures over there at ECHeroCast. And our Gmail is ECHeroCast at gmail.com. Of course, you can check me out every Thursday morning on the Grave Consequences podcast, which is a part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Search for either Social Suplex Podcast Network or the Grave Consequences podcast wherever you download your podcasts at. Um, Let's see. That's all the plugs. Eddie, today, of course, I said October 3rd, we're here to review episode 8 of What If, and we're also here to review The Shining, and let's start with What If, we can do a little sandwich here, and what I, what I would call a little uh, banter sandwich. Alright. So, one piece of bread, the top piece, what we'll start with, What If. The banter is the meat, so we got, you know, we got baseball, we got venom, we got... Um, well, maybe save Venom for the end if we spoil it. Well, I don't want to spoil... Well, we can just go spoiler-free. Well, that's tough with the mid credit scene, but... Uh, we can just say... like, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it when it comes up, but we don't have to go into detail. Alright, alright. There's a way to do this, man. And then, of course, um, the other piece of bread, the, the heel, the bottom piece of bread here, is The Shining. Of course, we were talking about the Stanley Kubrick movie and not the made-for-TV adaptation that Stephen King actually liked more than the theatrical <laughs> release. I didn't know there was one. Yes, it had uh, Stephen Weber playing Jack Torrance, for what it's worth. Um, let's see here. So, Eddie, how are we doing today, first off? Uh, I'm okay. I mean, one team won a huge game. The other team lost an embarrassing game, so kind of in the middle. Yeah, I get you. I'm kind of in the same boat, but I think my fantasy team is going to get off the schneid, and we're going to get the win. Hold on. I'm going to go on mute for a second. got to take care of something. Okay. But feel free to discuss, I don't know, your your happenings with your, your Tetons and your Yankees, and et cetera. Well, I know no one cares about the fantasy team, but I will say I had Tyreek Hill, so I'll just leave it at that. Um, And I almost traded him, actually, because he kept getting, you know, of course, teams kept keying on him and keying on him quite well, for what it's worth. And I almost traded him to, you know, try and, you know, bolster my running backs, because that's what I need is better running backs, because Nick Chubb is my A guy. Hmm. Well, but yes, as far as uh, the NFL goes, I mean, yeah, you're without your two wide receivers, that hurts. But it's the Jets, man. The Jets are an embarrassment to football. Like, their their existence offends me. Like, they're so bad, and they're so boring. Their colors are boring. Their name is boring. They're not even the most popular uh, team in their own city. So, and Zach, you know, their quarterback, Zach Wilson, is boring. He went to the most boring <laughs> school. He has the most boring name. He has the most boring look. They're just boring, and they've always been boring. 
for as long as I can remember, and you lose to that team, go to hell. Like, how do you... How? Ah, it's frustrating. I don't know. They... Just thank, thank God we play in a clown car of a division, because... I mean, I know Indy got their first win today, but they still don't look great. Who knows what's going on with Jacksonville? That's... I didn't think that could get more embarrassing, but it, it has. I, by the and way, what's even worse, Urban Meyer is like actively and visibly cheating on his wife to try and get fired. And you know what? I would fire him. I know that's. I know they won't. Yeah. But like, here is my take that I had on Twitter. I I. I, on D-Blitz, I did defend Urban a little bit because the players apparently don't really like him. But, you know, my defense of him was, you're also bad. Like, you're a bad team. The players suck. So maybe shut the hell up. You don't get to talk when you won one game in, like, uh, a calendar year. Actually, they haven't even... They have zero wins in one calendar year, actually. Their last win was week one of last year. So, no, you don't get to complain about the coach, no matter how much you might dislike him. On the flip side, the players are probably right. He probably isn't doing that great of a job because they are 0-4. Trevor Lawrence, I guess he looked okay against the Bengals, but they didn't win, Um, you know, so I don't know. And, you know, if you got a coach that's losing the locker room already, even if the players do suck, which, don't get me wrong, the Jaguars players do suck. Uh, if you're already losing the players, and then it's like, eh, we're 0-4, let me get drunk and take a bunch of photos with college girls or whatever, and, you know, have girls grind on me, that's... I don't know how, if you're a player, that you can just be like, take this dude seriously anymore. I don't know. It's just... I thought it was a high-risk, high-reward, and uh, not that I thought they'd be very good his first year, because I did not, but it's uh, it's not going great. Yeah, yeah. So I have a conspiracy theory. I think Urban knew. He's like, oh, no, I'm out at a freaking nightclub right now. This woman's grinding on me. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to get caught. And then in about a week or two, I'm going to say, I need to step away from the Jaguars. I need to relinquish relinquish my spot as head coach to focus on my marriage. And then he does that for about three months. And then come January, he takes the USC job. I don't know. I If I was him, I would just go into Shad Khan's office and be like, it's not working. You can see it. I can see it. Why don't you just fire me, and we'll just pretend this never happened? I mean, that's that's what I would do. I don't think they will, yeah. but, yeah, it's just, I don't know. And, look, I've seen worse 0-4 teams in the Jags. I mean, don't get me wrong, Jags are really bad, but I've seen worse, I guess. But it's uh, it's not great. It's not working out at all. Um. So, I don't know. That's what I would do. Thankfully, uh, my my Titans play them next week. If we lose that game, my God, I'm going to need, like, a lot of people fired. But 
Uh, I don't suspect we will lose that game. But like I said, that's the saving grace of this team as we play in such a horrendous division and the Texans look like barely a football team. Um, so yeah. there's that. But like, like I was talking to a friend of mine on Twitter today, I want a lot of people fired, like the coach and especially the GM who can't draft worth a damn. But it's like, I don't know. If they win the division, I feel like the ownership will be stupid and be like, eh, they won the division. Why would we fire a guy that won the division? <laughs> well, because winning that division's easy. I could win that division. Like, just like I could. We had a 12-yard punt today. 12. A 12-yard punt. How's that even possible? I could punt a football in my garage right now with a bare foot longer than 12 yards. So, I don't know. I, I, I ideally... We would make the playoffs and win the AFC South because that's always fun. And then we would still fire some of these people afterwards because they're bad. But it's like, I don't know. What's the point? Like, yeah, we can beat up on bad teams. Well, except today. But it's like, yeah, we can beat up on our division. Whoop-de-doo. The division sucks. Like, you know, if we played it in the NFC South, we'd be, you know, missing the playoffs. So I don't see the winning the division as that big of an accomplishment. It's just like, yeah. Of course you're winning the division. You get six easy wins a year, and not that the Colts are a tough challenge either. So, Ugh. anyway, your team lost today too, so I don't feel as bad. Yeah, whatever. Uh, two and two. We'll we'll get back off the Schneid. Freaking oh, Jimmy G's hurt, so maybe Trey Lance is going to get the starting job now. Hey, he looked um, good. He looked good. I didn't see the game. I was at work. Um, well, he did look good. He tried to harness a comeback. Yeah. So let's get right into what if. Um, you know, just like, like like just like your boy Joe Pesci says in Godfather 3, just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. And that's what they did because they implied, oh, there's going to be some actual consequences here because uh, souped up Ultron after just dominating – the Avengers, dominating Earth, dominating like every planet under every sun. He perceives the Watcher. Yeah. And he, re- and he realizes like, oh, hey, there's so many universes that need correcting. And <laughs> just, okay, like th- this made me very excited for the finale we we're going to see. And I-, I feel like it's going to be mostly just the Watcher and Evil Doctor Strange, or what, what's his name? Superior Strange, is that it? Uh, yeah. Oh God, what was it? It was um, I feel like it was Superior Strange. I don't. Either the way, the Dark Doc. Yeah, Su- Strange Supreme. Strange Supreme. Pardon yes, me. Yes, yes. Close um, we'll, we'll team up and have to, you know, fight off um, souped-up Ultron who, like I said, just had no problem dominating everything. Yeah, even Thanos. Yeah, exactly. It is funny how, like, spoiler alert for when we eventually do get to Avengers 2, I didn't think Ultron was anything, like, too memorable. I mean, but in the Marvel shows... He's referenced heavily in the WandaVision thing. Like, they made a big deal, like, Ultron killed your brother, and that was a whole big thing. 
And now in What If, he's like the strongest being in the universe. So, And pretty much Thanos just gets clowned on in this What If show. Although I didn't mm-hmm. find him amusing as part of the Guardians thing. But, uh, yeah, I don't... Uh, I don't know. Seems like the seems like they like Ultron more, but whatever. Uh, anyway, yes, this was a really interesting episode. You had the uh, what was it? Um, the whole thing like, will you break your vow to the uh, to the Watcher? Because he promised to never interfere. Well, it's like now he has to, because um, he's basically getting his ass beat. So yeah. Um, but yeah, he comes into his world and, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm kind of wondering what the, like, what happens if Watcher does die? Um, people just, the multiverses stop existing. I don't know. (laughs) I guess. I don't know. Um, or does now Ultron have the power to see all the possibilities or something? I was surprised though. I didn't think Watcher, Watcher could fight. I don't. I, I read a lot of What If. I don't think I ever saw him fight in any of them. But so that was interesting. Uh, he held his own pretty well, but I mean, he's up against someone way stronger than Thanos, who took all yeah. the Avengers to kill. So, uh, all things considered, I thought Watcher did a pretty decent job. So I'm really wondering, because we never saw him really fight pre-Infinity Stone. Um, would Thanos basically just be like Big Grimace if it's just him? Uh, no. I mean, he's pretty strong. It's funny. I was doing some research today on um, like the strongest Marvel characters uh, getting prepared for... Um, uh, Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer and out of the let's see I, I came up with the well I looked at a few lists and out of the top uh, like 10 15 or so Thanos wasn't really on I mean it depends which list you looked at but uh, you know Thanos wasn't on like the top 10 or even top 5 of some of these lists so um, so, you know, I mean, a lot of, um, there's a lot more people stronger than him, mm-hmm. but a lot of them, and this will come up in tomorrow's episode, a lot of them are also newer, if that makes sense. Really? So, like, um, if you're more of an old school Marvel fan, as I am, there's maybe, and, and Thanos, I would say, is classified as an older villain, um, but, like, Newer-ish um, people would would outrank Thanos, but they're also, like I said, newly created. So if you're going the old stuff, then there's not many people stronger than Thanos in the old whatever. <laughs> if that makes any sense, I don't know. It doesn't. Don't worry. Okay. Well, like older... You know, like the Golden Age, 60s, 70s, 80s, those villains, whereas in the 90s, 2000s, they were creating a lot more. You know, they had to keep up in the ante, so it's like, okay, well, we got Thanos, let's create someone more stronger than him, someone more stronger than him, stronger than him. Whereas, like, a lot of fans might not be familiar with someone named, um, let me think here, um, 
like uh, The Beyonder, maybe. Um, people might not know him as well as they would, like, Apocalypse, if that may... You know, Beyonder's more... A little newer. Apocalypse, been around a while. I'll explain it better tomorrow, yeah. don't worry. <laughs> That's fine. I just don't want to spoil fine. what my point was, is all. Um, but, hey, the point being that this episode of What If, it was really good, man. It was like, what, 15 minutes of Ultron just dominating everything. Mm-hmm. And then, like, 15 more minutes of him, like, fighting the Watcher and Ultron going around off-world. And who were trying to... Oh, who was it? Oh, Hawkeye and Black Widow trying to stop him, which is honestly laughable, to be honest with you. Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> nope. It did not. It did not. Yeah, they um, they went to oh, the. I uh, I'll say they went to that old place in Russia to try yeah. to find. Because I liked that when um, watchers like watch them uh, look at the old files, and he's like, "Oh no, no, not there!" And he eventually does find it, and they're like, "Okay, this is how you have to defeat Ultron." Um, but then they fail. Because, you know, they're humans and he's whatever. So, yeah. Did not... Yeah, uh, no, you're right. It's down to Watcher and Supreme Strange, or whatever the hell we decided his name was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Superior Strange, Strange Supreme, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, um, he's been hanging out alone in a dark room for uh, a couple weeks now, but they're going to have to drag him back. Who does he think he is, Alistair Black? hey Yep. So, yeah, pretty good what if, and the finale is next week, right? Or on Wednesday, pardon me. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for that. But I am also excited for baseball playoffs, buddy. Yeah, me too. We get the play-in game, which uh, I guess is... Technically the playoffs, but... Yeah, it is. Wild card is, is part of the playoffs. You guys are going to Fenway, and yeah, it looks yeah. like the Cardinals are going to Dodger Stadium to play the Padres. I'm just kidding. Um, oh, man, what a, what a bunch of underachievers. Was... Oh, dude, yeah, Tingler actually got fired. I saw. I... I mean, they had World Series hopes, and they can't even make the playoffs. Yeah. Tough division, I but do, still. Dude, I love, I love seeing teams spend way too much in the off season, and then still miss the playoffs. Just like the Phillies every single year. And in 2019, they're like, "We spent so much. This must be Gabe Kapler's fault. He's fired." And then two years later, Gabe Kapler has a 107 win season. Yeah. Yeah. Point being, screw the Phillies. Um, <laughs> let's let's go through real quick. Let's. I know I'm putting you on the spot. I do apologize. But let's go through and predict the playoffs. Get it out there real quick. Is that is that okay? Uh, I don't know where the wild. Uh, you'd have to tell me where the wild card people will end up. But uh, yeah, uh, I can do that. They'll play the they'll play the top seed. Okay, so each of them. Um. I do. Okay, so Tuesday. Let's go ahead. Tuesday night, the Yankees are going to Fenway to play the Red Sox. 
Who are you taking in this one? Yeah, I am taking the Yankees in this one. I think Boston has completely fallen apart the last few months. Well, last month especially. I mean, they it took a come-from-behind win today against the Lonely Nationals just to uh, get into the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of faith in them winning. I mean, it's a one, it's a one game. So it wouldn't look one series, you know, the whole one game thing, nothing would surprise me. So, yeah. Uh, but I'm just, you know, I would assume it would be the Yankees winning. I mean, look, if you're Garrett Cole, you have to go out there and just shut them down. I mean, that's why they brought you in to win games like this. And mm-hmm. look, Boston's pitching hasn't been great. Their hitting hasn't been great. They're just, you know, they got up to a hot start, and that's really what got them here. And I will say I'm kind of glad because I would, I'm more afraid of playing boss of playing uh, Toronto at home than I would be going to Fenway, which I never thought I would say about this rivalry. But Toronto was uh, was real hot, but fortunately they just lost one one too many games. But um. Yeah, I, I would have. Uh, I might have picked Toronto if, um, if, if you know, Boston had, had lost today. But yeah, I'm gonna go with the with the Yankees in this one. Fair enough. I will. Okay. Look, anything can happen in one game, as you had stated. I think the Yankees are the better team. I kind of want to take the Red Sox to spite you, but no, I do think the Yankees will win. And despite so, me, I wasn't the one who called you out on Facebook. There was your buddy, fake Red Sox fan Floyd. I know. I told him back in June when the Red Sox had the best record in baseball. I said, hey, it's a long season. It's a long season. Yeah, he's and lucky they even made it. They've got to play a piddly playoff. Dude, they lost 4-6 or six against two teams that are below 500. And one of those teams was uh, had, what, 100 losses? Yeah, the Orioles are uh, yeah. real bad. Yep. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Wednesday night, the Cardinals are going to L.A. to play the Dodgers. This, of course, a, a one-game wild card. Who are you taking in this one? Um, I don't know much about the Cardinals, but I will take the Dodgers. They are, uh, you know, they are playing well right now, and I was surprised. Yeah. I didn't realize that it came, it came down today for the Giants to actually clinch the NL West. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought they were not running away with it, but like had a. I thought they had clenched it like a last week or something. So. Um. Yeah, the um, the Dodgers are a 106 win wild card, and I would say I feel bad wild. for them, but but they uh, they they hurt me last year, so I don't feel bad for them at all. You feel bad for the 91 win Blue Jays who can't make the playoffs. No. Okay, me neither. <laughs> okay, so I am, you know what? Look, I get it. The Dodgers have been consistent throughout the season, obviously, with 106 wins. Of course, they've been consistent throughout the season. Now, that being said, the Cardinals have been really hot. Even back as you know, recent as a few days ago, they had a 17-game win streak. So I'm going to take the upset here. I'm going to take the Cardinals to win and go on to face the Giants in the National League Division Series. That would be something. 
Mm-hmm. Anything can happen. So, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially in one game. I mean, who knows? Maybe that will be a weird phantom infield fly roll call and the Cardinals will capitalize off the momentum of it or something. Could happen. <laughs> yeah, that'd be something. Okay, so on the American League side of the National League, or damn it, what the hell? On the American League side of the Division Series, we have got White Sox playing the Astros. The Astros have the home field advantage, so games one, two, and if necessary, five will be in Houston. I'm going to start off uh, this is really close in terms of talent level. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say in four, the Chicago White Sox will advance to the ALCS. Yeah, I um, I have not been a believer of the White Sox this year. Uh, I think they're a little tiny bit fraudulent. Uh, and I, it pains me to pick the Astros, but uh, I, I think they're... Uh, I think they will be better than the. Uh, I think they're they're good enough to, um, you know, to make the uh, ALCS <laughs> without cheating. Easy for you. But so uh, make the World Series, they Astros, might have to cheat. That would mean the Astros would have gone to the ALCS five years in a row. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, mm-hmm. All right. But they're also so in a pretty on... easy division. On the other side of the AL bracket, we have got a best of five with, we both picked the Yankees, so Yankees-Rays. Who do you have winning this one? I think uh, I think I would have to go with the Rays. I mean, if the Yankees were to win, they would have to really hit the Rays really good pitching very well, and they would have to pitch more than adequately and do a lot of things that they haven't done all season. The problem with... The Yankees is like one game, they'll be really, really good. And the next game, they will just be like not good at all. And I spent the whole season trying to figure out which team was the real team. And I basically decided, no, this is just who they are. They're wildly inconsistent. And I think, look, if if there is a, um, if, 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 um, if New York doesn't beat Boston, by the way, it'll be because Aaron Boone did something stupid. And like I, I do want him gone. Pulled your too early or something. Yeah, it'll be something like that. But I don't know. They're just they'll have to do a lot of things that they didn't do normally to beat Tampa, just because they're I don't know. They're just built to like beat us. It seems so. I think in their final season as a full time resident of Tampa. They'll probably go at least the ALCS. So, in the hypothetical, let's say the Red Sox do beat the Yankees, you have the Rays going? Yes. Either one, okay. they'll probably get past. Yeah, I would also, I know I picked the White Sox in four, I'm going to pick the Rays in four as well. I just think that, that just a little too much for you. Yeah, I, I mean, that was... Uh, you know, like, if we had missed the playoffs, I wouldn't have been that upset just because I don't see the team having the starting pitching depth or the bullpen depth to um, to really compete. 
and this is uh, another reason why I want Cashman gone. He just year after year after year after year with all the money in the world cannot get past like the Rays who have you know a third of the budget and who just yeah, purely scout with advanced saber metrics and win a hundred games in the process somehow. Yeah, and we just. And it's not like last. Oh God, what I can't even remember. What year, I can't keep track of the year. Uh, yeah, I think last year we were just destroyed by injuries. This year we mm-hmm. weren't. We had a lot of COVID problems, but no injuries, uh, like soup that were real serious. So, yeah, I just the. I mean, there. I mean, there were some, but every team's gonna have some. But, um, yeah, it just um didn't really get much bullpen help, and that's. To me, the problem, and honestly, I don't trust Chapman in the postseason either. I didn't want an extension of him, and they did it, and whatever, man. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so we both got the Rays. Oh, by the way, if you had to pick a game total, which would you have them go in? Uh, Rays and Yankees. Um, Best of five. Yeah. I think they would go to five games, but uh, yeah, I don't think they would win a, uh, a, a an elimination game in the uh, ugly ass Tropicana Field. Um, <laughs> which, uh, by the way, you saw—I I know you saw that they split in the season next year in Montreal. Looks like. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It, it's dipshit behavior to be doing that sort of thing. Just pick a city and commit. I agree. But at the same time, uh, and I don't want Tampa to move. I really, really don't. But, God, that roof, seeing it in person, it's not good. I mean, I saw two Seattle players, a ball just dropped in between them because you couldn't see it. It's amateur hour, and it's a, it's not as bad as I thought it would be, that particular stadium, but still not great. I think there, I put only two worse stadiums worse than that. One's a football stadium. Uh, so yeah, it's it's not good. And um, look, either break ground on a new stadium or move. I mean, you've had twenty years to figure this out. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Okay, let's see here on the National League side. We have got the Braves against the Brewers. The Brewers do have the home field advantage, so as such, we'll host games one, two, and five. I will let you start. Oh man. Um, I, um, I don't, I didn't do a lot with the NL this year, but, um, see, that's, I I was the opposite. I did most of, I lived in an, in an NL bubble this year. But what I do know, I think the the Braves are hotter than the Brewers. Um, Mm -hmm. did you see that, uh, the Brewers rookie of the year candidate setup guy broke his hand? During a celebration. <laughs> I did see that, yes. So, not great. Uh, yeah, you lost a key bullpen arm to, to stupidity. Well, you know, it's not as bad as uh, Trevor Bauer cutting his hand on a drone. Mm. Didn't know that happened. Did, but I guess it's better than cutting his hand on his girlfriend's face. Yeah, I would suppose probably never play in a Dodgers uniform again, but 
hey, that's just that just means the Dodgers have to pay a bunch of money to a guy that they won't have play for them again. No, that's fine. They just brought in uh, Max Scherzer and was like, well, we'll just upgrade this because <laughs> we have a mm-hmm. bottomless pit of money. But but Clayton Kershaw is also injured now. True, true. Well, I don't know. Still, Max Scherzer, not bad. Yeah. No, you're you're right. You're right. So, anyway, I cut you off. Who are you taking in the best of five, Braves or the Brewers? Uh, I'll take the uh, I'll take the Braves. Okay. Well, how many games would you take them in? Um. Let's see. Uh, I'll go with four. I think uh, Milwaukee wins one. Thank you. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Yeah, why not? Especially, I would especially love to see us move on in front of the home, the Atlanta crowd, or Smyrna, because they don't actually play games in Atlanta. They actually play them one hour from downtown. Sorry, um, right. it's a nicer stadium <laughs> than Turner. Yeah, so I'm told. Um, I'm also going to take the Braves. I'm going to take them in five. I respect the Brewers' talent. They've been consistent throughout the season. They've been like a sleeper hit, you know? But and maybe bias is taken over here, but I'm going to take the Braves. And because here's the thing, 88 wins. I get it on paper. They're the worst team in the playoffs. I understand. But they are so much better than their record this year. So much better. They've dealt with. And I know you're familiar with the concept. You had it happen last season. The Braves have dealt with injury after injury. If like one guy would get off the DL and then a day later, another guy would go on. Um, Mike Soroka, who was supposed to be our ace last year, tore his Achilles in August of 2020 and has not pitched since. We had seven different catchers this year. Ronald Acuna, in the middle of July, tore one of the CLs. I can't remember which one. He's not going to play again this season. We have an entirely different outfield from what we had at the beginning of this year. The teams that the team that some other teams saw in June is gone. It doesn't exist anymore. Our bats are going. Our starting pitching is going. Even Will Smith looks pretty good now. Oh, you hate Will Smith. So, I do. I hate Will Smith, absolutely, because he he pitches. It's hard for him to have a clean inning. He did have a very clean inning, a beautiful inning in uh, that clincher on Thursday night. I think he threw nine pitches and he threw nine strikes, but... Like I said, long story short, I'm taking the Braves in five to go on to the pennant. And let's see here in this next series, I took the Cardinals to get here, and you took the Dodgers, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so you have got Dodgers-Giants. Who are you taking? Keep in mind, the Giants will have home field, so one, two, and five will be in San Francisco. I'm going to take the Giants. I think they are... Really on um, another level, I guess. It's, uh, you know, to go from what they were last year, like a mediocre team, to what they win, 107 games. 107, most in the major leagues this year. And they didn't, it's not like they acquired, you know, a great ace or something. They were just... 
I don't know. They just, I mean, I know they got Buster Posey back, who you know sat the last year out for COVID, they, but they traded for Chris Bryant at the deadline. Yeah, but I mean, you would think a, tr- a transformation like that would have been um, a bit yeah, more telegraphed. Yeah, so. I, I, yeah, I gotta go with uh, the Giants. They're great at home. They're great on the road. I mean, I don't know. It's uh, and it's it's tough to say because it's like the Dodgers were only one game behind them. But when I mm-hmm. did see, well, the the problem is the John or the Dodgers though you expected this, but the Giants you did not. So yeah. That's where I think it's no. different, where they are now believing in themselves type of thing. Okay. Well, see, I did not pick the Dodgers to go here. I do think in a five game, the Dodgers would probably win it just because they have the experience, man. But with it being, as I picked, Cardinals and Giants, I'm taking the Giants and I'm taking them in – Honestly, four, if not three. I don't think the Cardinals have the talent to stand up to San Francisco. They're just, they're kind of old. Uh, they, they hit a good hot streak, but I don't think they have the, the juice anymore to last in a, even a short playoff series. <laughs> so I will take the Giants to move on, setting my National League Championship Series with the Braves going to the Giants and my, ALCS, I had the White Sox, who would go to the Rays and refresh on... What was your pennant again? I've got... Uh, I guess I would have Dodge, or not Dodge, uh, Giants and Braves and Rays and Astros. Okay, so start off with the American. You've got Rays and Astros. Who are you taking? This is a best of seven. 2-3-2. Format. So, as much as I hate that format, by the way, I think it inherently is kind of a bit of a disadvantage to the higher seed. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, that's the format they go with because we can't have days off between games. It's ridiculous, you know? That's not baseball or whatever. Yeah, I'm going with the Rays. I think they get to to the World Series. They are... Man, they're so... It... Like, their strength is perfect for the postseason and their strength is bullpen yeah. and clutch hitting so mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so <laughs> I will also take the raise for because experience can never be understated or overstated rather um, Rays have the experience they were two wins away from being World Series champions last year. And the White Sox, I think they will be a force in years to come. And even getting get to the pennant, you know, only four teams do that a year. So th- that's no, there's no shame in that. But I will take the Rays, and I'll take the Rays in six. Yeah, six as well. Okay. So we both got Braves and Giants. I, again, will let you start. Well... I think much like the Rays, the Giants are very much built for the postseason. They are a team that I would 
they're very they'd be very frustrating to play with i will say because they're a team that's they don't hit a ton of home runs but they do have several guys in double digit home runs but it's more like they've got the um i mean they have a lot of guys hitting um, above 275ish so or 270, which is kind of sort of rare these days. Um, they yeah. they steal a lot of bases. They hit a lot in the clutch. They double you to death in that uh, massive ballpark of theirs. And it's just, it's a very frustrating team to play against, I would think. Uh, and it's just, they they in Tampa are, are built for the, the postseason. They, the, just the things they mm. do. Well, I certainly hope you're wrong, and maybe I'm letting bias yes, talk you here. Are. But the Braves legitimately have one of the best hitting and defensive infields in baseball, and they have the experience. They went to five games with the Cardinals. I don't want to talk about game five, 2019. They went to, they went to the pennant last year and were a hair away from going to the world series. And through all that, you know, that they've become battle tested. This has been a, a hell of a year. It's been a grind and they're definitely battle tested. And, Maybe there's a bunch of bias here, but I'm taking the Braves in seven. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Did you? What, what kind of game count are you putting on the Giants winning? Five. Okay. So a gentleman's yep. sweep then. Okay. So on to the World Series. You've got the Rays and the Giants. Who are you taking? I'm taking the Giants. You know, at the... Okay. Look... The Rays are very good. The Giants... This is kind of like the... Um, the end of the... Um, what was the... Uh, Moneyball movie, where they threw in the whole stupid thing, like, years later, the Red Sox won the World Series doing the exact same thing as Billy Bean, <laughs> which it's like, not at all what happened. But in yeah. this case, I think this is kind of the deal, where it's like, they are kind of doing the things that... Uh, you know, a, a team like those A's would have done. I mean, you've gotten like Brandon Crawford, who's been in baseball for a long time. Nobody would ever really like mistake him for like an MVP, but I mean, he had a really great year. Um, Mike Stremski, great year. Buster Buster Posey, I will say, is a is a bit of a uh, an all star. But they drafted him. I mean, it's like he came up through their system, so it's not like he's a big free agent they just have more money than oakland to where they can re-sign their big name players but uh yeah stuff like him brandon belt brandon belt's been in the league for forever no one talks about a lot of these people but they're just like um you know they've uh they made a big uh they made a big difference and uh yeah they've uh what was i gonna say Oh, they used to just be Crawford and, and Belt, especially used to just be kind of like just regular guys. Like that's a fine player, but this year for whatever reason they've turned into really good players. So 
Well, I I respect that. I could see I could see the Giants winning that series if they were to get there. Um, Rays Braves. It's the end of the line. Rays get the win in six. And you don't you don't understand Atlanta sports, I don't think. Or you're just coming back for mm. more, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe we maybe we lose game six on a walk off. <laughs> well, I um and with Will Smith on the <laughs> It's funny, I watched oh, uh, the Falcons just completely blow a game today and it's like, man Yeah. It, that's what they do, man. That's that's Atlanta sports right there. That's Georgia, baby. I know. Can't except for the weekend. But They'll either just way, wait till the they play Alabama. Yep. Yep. Sure so enough. Yeah, Giants, Rays, <laughs> and uh, Rays, Braves. Okay. Yep. I got Rays in six. You got Giants in how many? Oh, in the World Series. Uh, let's go seven. Okay. That's that that. That would be very entertaining. Oh yeah, it'll be a great uh, be a great series for baseball purists like me. Uh, terrible, well, we're gonna end yeah, up, terrible ratings. We're, we're gonna we're gonna get something like Dodgers Astros now, and I would just ugh. Like I guess it's football season. Nah, they they will no doubt want uh, Yankees Dodgers, but um, yeah, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be a it's going to be interesting, I will say. Yeah. That is the good news, is that the NLCS is on TBS this year, so if the Braves do make it, I don't have to hear Joe Buck actively root for the other team. Everyone thinks Joe Buck roots against their team. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Whatever. I don't mind Joe Buck. I, um, I think he gets a bad rep. Maybe. But, hey... Um, spoiler free, real quick, because we got a whole ass movie to review. Uh, what do you think of Venom? Too, let there be carnage. Uh, so a backstory on the first Venom. I thought the first Venom was bad, but fun. And yes, I know they completely like ignore all of the. Uh, uh, I guess the the character traits of Venom in uh, from the comics, like Venom, to my knowledge, I don't remember him ever eating people, but you know, whatever. Um, so that did bother me, but it's like, okay, I get it. You're trying to do something a little different, but yeah, I did not like the first movie, but it was fun. This movie was fun, and I liked it. I thought it was actually good, whereas the first one. Did not think was good, so I thought it was a step in the right direction. The mid-credit scene is uh, very exciting. Huge, yeah. huge man. One of the biggest mid-credit scenes we've had probably since Thanos showed up at the end of Avengers. Yeah, and I, I've been doing some research on this. This is not a spoiler because it's literally just, you literally find this out in like the first minute of the movie. So don't get mad at me because you'll. This will be apparent right away. I think there's mutants in this universe. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I, I had heard of Ravencroft before when I saw it in this yeah. movie. So there's that, and then there's uh, Carnage's girlfriend, uh, who has a mutant power as far as I can tell, but then it's like, surely they're not going to just debut something as huge as mutants in Venom 2. <laughs> like, and And also yeah. just casually like, Oh, here's just a character, like whatever. Like, I feel like, and obviously, if you longtime listeners know, I'm a big X-Men guy, so I'm always on the lookout for anything wherever they're gonna bring back X-Men. But I just have a hard time believing it's like, oh yeah, in um, you know, whatever the mid-credit scene's leading to, um, the next movie, yeah, there's gonna be mutants. There's gonna be Charles Xavier, sure. And it's like I have a hard time believing that they're just gonna drop <laughs> something as huge as the existence of mutants in the MCU into Venom Two. But I don't know. I mean, what was Carnage's girlfriend if she wasn't a mutant? Because she had a mutant power, and she kind of alluded to it like yeah. this is how it was born. So I I don't know. I mean. Was she a mutant? I I feel like maybe. It's hard to say she wasn't, man. Like, her power was not natural, but she was born with it. Yeah. And, I, by the way, I loved the character. Um, it was, I was, um, was kind of hoping there would maybe be some kind of tie-in with New Mutants, because it was very reminiscent of that, where it was like, these are the dangerous mutants, and we really have to keep them locked up tight, you know? And uh, I liked her little prison that they put her in. That was cool. But, uh, yeah, man, we got Carnage, even though his origin in the movie, not at all how it is in the comics, but not going to be that guy. I'm just going to say I liked the movie, enjoyed it a lot, and, uh, yeah, go see yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. Um with that, we can finally get into The Shining. Yeah. Part two of our horror anthology. And now, first thing we're going to do, go into the time capsule. This was released in 1980, so we weren't doing anything, either of us. Were your parents married at the time? Um, I don't know. May I was definitely, let me uh, text my mom, see what year they were born. Or what year? What year I was born? I know what year I was born. Uh, let's see what year they got married. What? So let's see. What year did you get married? Question mark. Okay. And I will have what I'm doing. I mean, I was doing nothing because I wasn't created yet. Uh, but I might have what my parents were doing. They were either married or dating. So there you go. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. May 23 of 1980 was the release date of The Shining, and the number one song in the United States at the time was Call Me by bon Blondie. Hell yeah. Hard, easy for me to say. Damn good song, though. Hey, Damn good that song. Old. So, so we are, we're in the Wayback Machine. We definitely are. Because you're, you're well, first off, the AWA world champion since you did that last week. Let's do it again. Nick Bach. Oh, man, the Bach. Yeah, that's what they called him. Uh, your NWA, World's Heavyweight Champion at the time, Harley Race. This was pre-Flair, sir, or 
pre-Flair as world champion, I should say. Yeah, pre-The King Harley race, too. Mm-hmm. And your WWF champion, Bob Backlund. I thought so. Yeah. He had not yet dropped his title to the Iron Sheik. You know... Actually, he was, like, in the infantile stages of his run. You know what's funny? <laughs> when you think back to, like, 95, when they brought Bob Backlund back... Okay, I am sorry to uh, cut you off. I'm watching this freaking Bucks and Pats game. To me, nothing is more pathetic than Patriots fans who pretended that they won a seventh Super Bowl this past winter. People that do that? I mean, the way they celebrated, it's like that's what it seemed like, you know? It's like, you know, he doesn't play for you anymore. This does nothing for you. What are you What are you going on about? Yeah, I don't know. Um it I'm seems like there's ahead. a lot of Patriots fans that are rooting for Brady over their own team. Yeah, they're simps, yeah, bro. Like, simps. for me, it's like, hey, thanks for winning a title with us, Urban Meyer, but now you're coach of my rival. Yeah. So, not that I really yep. care much about well, the Jags, because they pose no threat. And it's like, it's like if Jim Harbaugh came back to the NFL and was coaching the Cardinals or something. I'd be like, well, I hope you do well outside of playing against us, and I hope you can make the playoffs, but not at the expense of the 49ers. And I don't want you to eliminate them either. Well, maybe. That's sort of um, Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, like the... <laughs> Vince McMahon's always been bringing back old people, even in the mid-90s. Like, brought back Bob Backlund with the champion in the 80s. So it's like... I guess bringing back uh, Goldberg, who's going to be on Raw tomorrow, by the way, uh, doing stuff yeah. like that, it's kind of on par for Vince. He's been doing it. It's, uh, it's annoying, and it sucks, for and I'm tired of it, 30. but he's been doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this isn't anything new. Um, I mean, even, like, Bob Backlund came back to be the transitional champion to drop the belt to Diesel. It's like Owen Hart could have easily done that, but no, we got to put it on Bob Backlund. I remember as a kid being like, who in the F is this guy? <laughs> like, I have no <laughs> clue. He, he just showed up. He just showed up. I remember it's like, that's the guy that like lost to, I think, Razor Ramon at WrestleMania 9. And it's like, now he's the world champion. I'm like, <laughs> who the hell is this guy? Why? Uh, I was just being really confused. That was a really weird time in WWE. Yeah, to me, what's funny is, like, now I know Bob Backlund as, like, oh, he's the crazy guy. Yeah, he made Darren Young great again. Yeah. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. Who could forget? Uh, I know, like, like people would try to, like, I don't know, get, like, videos from him or whatever or pictures with him. He'd be like, name all the presidents backwards, young man. That sort of thing. Uh, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Biden. Barack Obama, George W. Bush, Bill Clinton. You can okay. stop. George H. W. Bush. By the way, Ronald I get Reagan. I, get, I was gonna. I was gonna say I get lost around Jimmy, Reagan, and then I want to say Jimmy Ford. Carter. Yeah, was Jimmy Carter. Carter, Gerald Ford. Uh, I don't know. Eisenhower. Eisenhower. I don't know. No, it wasn't Eisenhower. I, I don't remember. I actually had a friend who uh, Teddy, used to be able to. Teddy Roosevelt. I actually had a friend who could do that though, legit. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if I put in the time and effort, I could, but I've got better things to do, like record podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> real quick, the budget for this movie was $19 million, and the box office was 47 with a profit line of $28 million. Yep. And in today's money, it's $93 million. Damn. You want to know something I learned about this movie before we get into the uh, numbers? What's up? I learned that uh, the exterior of the what was this the high the Sidewinder Hotel? Over, Over- Overlook. What the hell was the Sidewinder? <laughs> I just make that up. I've heard that before. Sidewinder. That might be a real hotel, actually. Anyway. Either way. Either uh, way. Yes, the Overlook. Uh, the exterior. Sidewinder was the town nearest to the Overlook Hotel. Okay. All right. So I didn't make that up. So, yeah, the exterior yeah. is in um, is a hotel in Portland, Portland, Oregon. But the interior yep. is a hotel in Denver. Shout yep. out to, uh, well, she'll know who she is. She listens. Yeah. The Overlook... Um is clearly not a real hotel. You couldn't even visit it if you wanted. Oh, but there is apparently like a kind of sort of a hedge maze at the one in Denver, but like nothing oh, really? close to what they have in the movie. I, I My theory is they were no. just like, all these visitors would come in and be like, why don't you have a hedge maze? Why don't you have a hedge maze? And they're like, fine, we'll put in a hedge maze. And it's probably like county fair quality, but they're like, see, we got it now. <laughs> happy? Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, what did the critics and fans have to say about this movie? Because I didn't write it down. Well, the critics gave it eight, there was 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. Fans, 93%. But there's one fan who really hated it. <laughs> the man who wrote it. Oh, Stephen yeah, King. Weird. Yeah, he uh, didn't get to consult a lot on it. So. I mean... I, this was the third Stanley Kubrick film I've seen. It's the only one I mm-hmm. liked. I thought Eyes Wide Shut, uh, Fidelio, was a... That's a requirement when you say Eyes Wide Shut. You always have to say Fidelio. Uh, I thought that was a mess. I didn't. Even, I still don't even know what the movie's about. I guess a sex club? I don't know. And uh, I thought to that... A clock. Oh, you're right. Uh, sorry. Uh this is I've seen uh, three and a half movies in uh, Clockwork Orange. Okay. I stopped halfway through because I thought this sucks. Uh, it's boring. And I don't understand it. And um, <laughs> what was the other one? Oh, uh, 2001 Space Odyssey could have been good if you chopped off an hour. Um, but like the first half hour, it's like, hey, look, these monkeys are like the first signs of life on Earth. And then one picked up a rock and used it as a weapon. And oh, now there's this black obelisk. Okay, now let's fast forward to 2001. Like, did we need all that in the beginning? No, we didn't. But the idea of these dudes up in space with their ship is turned on them, that's cool. And then it's, but then there's like so much like, hey, look at this special effect. Look at this special effect. Watch us do this. Watch us do this. It's like, hey, how about you just get on with the movie and quit patting yourself on the back? And then the ending, like, oh, there's a baby in space. Like, oh, okay. I don't understand that, but uh, sure. So yeah, uh, Stanley Kubrick normally bad, uh, but I guess this one was was probably his best movie that I've seen. 
Are you are you a Kubrick mm. guy? Not really. I mean, I've seen a little bit of uh, 2001. I've seen a little bit of A Clockwork Orange, but this is the first Kubrick movie that I've seen in full. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, again, what did the critics rate it? What did the fans well, rate it? Well, I already said. 84-93. I didn't uh, listen. I guess not. But then I said there was one critic who didn't <laughs> like it, and it was Stan Lee. But yeah. not Stan Lee. <laughs> he probably Steve didn't King. like it either. Yeah, Stephen King. Yeah. Um, no, actually, uh, again, Stan Lee, that'll be for tomorrow, because, anyway, uh, stay tuned for Fantastic Four 2. I got a lot on that. But, um, yeah, when it comes like, three yeah, Stephen King did not like it, said it was a poor adaptation, and I guess just didn't like all the cuts or whatever. I don't know. Um, yeah. But I hope he liked... Well, it's a, it's a segue, even though we don't usually start with the star. I feel like we have to. I hope he at least liked yeah. Jack Nicholson as Jack Torrance. I mean, my God. Have we seen a better villain on this podcast, all movies included? I don't know that we have. I mean, other than what's what was Red's name in RoboCop? Oh, yes. Um, oh, it was... Um, oh, shoot. I forget his name, dude. Ugh. I don't know how I could forget this. Like, I, I, I'm looking it up right now. I know what it is. It's um, it's a, it's kind of a weird name too. Uh, oh, Clarence, Clarence Spotiker. Like, yes. Yes, Clarence Spotiker. There we go. Yeah, uh, man, that's that's it's close. Um, I mean, Jack Nicholson yeah. had more to work with because he was on screen more, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's right up there in the, the Villain Hall of Fame. For sure, for sure. And what's worse is, like, this wasn't even Jack's doing. Like, Jack isn't a bad guy. He's just a troubled guy put in a bad situation. Yeah, I think the deal is the hotel corrupts him mentally because it's haunted and all that, but... My favorite mm-hmm. scene of his was as uh, when he's at the bar and he's uh, talking to this invisible bartender, <laughs> and yeah, he's just like, "Oh, my wife, she's never gonna let me forget the one time that I accidentally hurt our son," and it, it was just <laughs> the acting was just like, I mean, how yeah. did this dude? There were some, I don't understand some of the awards that this movie got, but number one, I don't understand how Jack Nicholson wasn't nominated for Best uh, best Actor in this. I really, truly don't. Yeah, I don't know. It got a, I mean, I don't care about the Saturn Awards, but it got Worst Director nominee for the Razzie, Stanley Kubrick. Wow. And worst actress nominee Shelley Duvall as uh Are you kidding yeah, me? I was it just a was there no other movies that came out in nineteen eighty? Like what's going on, Razzies? No, it, it's did Stephen King like pay off the Razzie the Golden Raspberries or something? Like what what's going on? I don't know, man. I mean she was, like I said, she was nominated. The winner was Brooke Shields with the Blue Lagoon, which I've never even heard of. But, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it. That's that's bullshit. Like pure and simple. Now I'm curious who won Best Actor in 1980 in the Oscars. But uh, first, I'm looking up Worst Director. Again, not that I'm a big Kubrick guy, but uh, so Robert Greenwald won for Xanadu. I've heard of Xanadu. Couldn't tell you anything what it's about. Uh, but yeah, Shining got nominated. I don't understand that. Like, I've never seen a movie. It's not like fans loved it and critics hated it, which we've seen a lot of. Where it's like, okay, I guess that would be why it got a Razzie. Like, critics loved it more than fans, right? Let me pull a... No. By 9%, fans loved it more than critics. But still, that's, you know, pretty damn close. But, uh, yeah, I, the, the, I, didn't, I didn't get the Razzies that year. Maybe you maybe you're right. Maybe it was Stephen King. Maybe he paid him off or he was on the the Razzies board. Besides, look, Stephen King's had some pretty trash movies. So, uh who is he, you know? Yeah. Who does he think he is? Most of his TV adaptations are terrible. Tanner. What the hell was that? Yeah. Movie better. Who knows, man. Diet. Freaking Langoliers. Oh God, that Freaking, was bad. Uh Maximum Overdrive? Come hey, on, hey, dude. Maximum Overdrive is <laughs> actually good. Sure. It is good. All right, I am looking up now 1980s means... Oscars. Best Actor, okay. Dustin Hoffman with Kramer well, I... vs. Kramer. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. Who huh. cares about him? And now, who is the other guy? Uh, freaking, what, what's his name? Michael Richards? Maybe. Uh, then Jack Lemon for The China Syndrome, Al Pacino for Injustice for All, Roy Schneider for All That Jazz. No one's ever heard of that. And Peter Sellers for Being There. Nope. Being There. Nope, never heard of it. No I, one cares. I, I guess hey, guess who ask... was guess who was there in the theater? Nobody, because they were all watching The Shining. <laughs> Kramer and Kramer won Best Picture Got too. Him. Kramer vs. Yeah. Kramer. That was the original marriage story. I've heard of Kramer vs. Kramer, but... It's about a divorce, if you weren't aware. I feel like... Um, like I said, it's... it's Kramer theory. would be better. What? Clone Seinfeld's neighbor, Cosmo Kramer. And there's like an evil Kramer and a yes. good Kramer. And the evil Kramer gets on That's stage and starts dropping N-bombs. And the good, <laughs> the good Kramer uh, just like... I don't know what we're going to do about this, Jerry. There's an evil me, and he's dropping N-bombs, and not everybody thinks I'm a racist. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I know. I would watch that. I would watch that. Um, let me ask, did you like Scatman Crothers as Dick Halloran? <laughs> uh, I felt bad because he was the only one that died in this movie. Well, I technically, I guess yeah. Jack did, but... Uh... See, that's why... That's a big reason why Stephen King didn't like the movie... Dick didn't die in the book. Oh, uh, Dick had to die in the movie, though. Like, Jack had to I kill guess. somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. And he can't kill his wife or his kid, because that's too dark. I, I honestly thought... By the way, history at the movie, never seen it. I... But it's nope, like, it's one of the movies I wanted to see for a long, long time. Someone just recently told me to see it. 
And then you brought up the whole, uh, we should do horror movies. I'm like, all right, perfect time to just see The Damn Shining. This is long overdue. It's just, there's there's movies everybody should see. This is one of them. Um, so, yeah, um, old Scatman. I, I liked him, though, as a character. He played the, like, overly friendly, um, I guess, what was he, the chef? But, um, yeah. Everyone's met a guy that's, like, overly friendly like him. Yeah, I liked... Okay, I liked his portrayal, but his character, there wasn't a lot of meat on the bone. He basically existed for the exposition. Like, he explained to Danny... He basically explained the shine to him. And then, you know, he came in to, you know, alert police and, you know, basically get killed. Yeah, well, he he needed to exist because they needed a new uh, snowmobile because uh, Jack killed the one. Yep. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Um, but like I said, oh, by the way, in like a lot of Stephen King sto- stories, not just The Shining, at least one character is going to have some form of The Shine. Mm-hmm. Like even in... Maximum Overdrive. Gave that to Beverly via the whole... Did someone have the shine in Maximum Overdrive, or are you being stupid? Uh, Emilio Estevez. Maybe. I he had know. the shine? I don't remember. <laughs> he should. In the Langoliers, Langole- a blind girl had it, which... Who had whatever. it in it? Um, well, in the, in the movie remake... Just Beverly in the in the second movie when, you know, she saw the deadlights or whatever, because she was able to tell the gang how Stanley died before she'd even talked to Stanley's wife in the book. Like he died of old age and uh, now his family's suing for all the Marvel properties. Uh, That's hilarious. But no, Stan actually died when he killed himself. Oh, OK. Yeah. Um, good Thank joke you. though. But um, in the book, in the book, all of the Losers Club had the shine. Okay. Did they all see them all yeah. raping Beverly in the end of the book? How the first one ends? <laughs> no, because even Stephen King claims he doesn't remember writing that. But I think that's just him stooging off writing kitty Look, porn. Stephen King is a great writer. He's probably done a lot of acid, and um, yeah, he probably wrote that on acid. Which is fine. Look, I mean, we all need a little inspiration. We all need a black pill if you watched uh, AHS. Mm. I, I don't, so that, that reference is lost on uh, me. It now, was that good, be- but, uh, we- God, that season finale yeah. of Red Tide was a big nothing. Mm. So, we already talked about Shelley Duvall. Yeah. Screw that. I um, retroactively uh, withdraw her Razzie nomination. Uh, did not happen yeah. on this podcast. We do not acknowledge it. Yeah, we don't acknowledge it. Um, did you like Danny Lloyd as Danny Torrance? Because I thought for a child actor, he did a really good job, especially being, you know, kind of creepy. I did. Um, his imaginary friend, Tony, and then when he would mm-hmm. go into full red yep. rum mode, was very creepy, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the better yes. child actors we've seen. Up there with yeah. Littlefoot from and, uh, back, uh, RoboCop 2. 
<laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> real quick, though, because there's not really going to be any perfect points to talk about it in the plot. This movie, just na- the ambiance of it, like, just nailed the just unsettling just throughout. Even to, like, scenes that weren't necessarily unsettling, like, the back, the colors in the background made scenes, made the most mundane of scenes a little unsettling. Well, look, a lot of that 70s decor will will do that. I I don't know that that was the... I'm pretty sure that was um, the uh, color choice was deliberate in that regard. I don't think it was just a matter of happenstance. I, I, I respect Stanley Kubrick a little bit more than to think like, oh, yeah, most of your movie was unsettling because you got lucky on your set pieces. Yeah, but 70s decor is unsettling. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Have you seen dude. that uh, a viral photo floating around of... of um, it's just like the most 70s shag carpet and like the gross looking brown furniture that looks like it should be covered with uh, plastic. And it's like, uh, yeah, I've seen different captions. Uh, I've seen the caption of like, why in the furniture uh, covered in plastic? Or I've seen the caption of uh, this picture smells like cigarettes and, you know, or like everyone had this couch and it's like, yeah, my grandparents had that couch. Yeah, I'm pretty sure mine did, too. Mhm. Mhm. But yeah, I uh, I saw that. Hey, what'd you think of Delbert Grady dropping in bombs, dude? <laughs> I uh, wrote that one down too. Not uh, it, not great. Yeah, not very PC of you there, Delbert. But then again, I guess it's not the worst thing you've done. <laughs> no, this dude was a real Chris Benoit. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, I mean, he killed two kids, but yeah. Yeah, by the way, shout out to the Grady twins. They were creepy, too. Oh, hell yes, they were, dude. Come play with us. They're not okay. Oh, my God. Come play with us, Donnie. It's been parodied so much. Yeah, that's this was this um, our last week's movie of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mega parody. Even Simpsons did this one, too. Similar deal where Homer freezes to death outside. Uh, shout out Leah Beldum, <laughs> the young woman in the bath. Mm. Yeah, shout out Billy Gibson, the old woman in the bath. Mm. <laughs> no, no, sir. Oh, man. That's probably like her big break in Hollywood. Right. Like, I'm 80 years old and I finally got my break. Oh, what are you, what are you playing, Grandma? Oh, I'm going to make out with Jack Nicholson and be naked and cackle at him. <laughs> Oh my god. Alright, let's get into the plot, man. We've been here a sure while. Sure have. But, it's alright. Uh, we kick off the movie. Jack's driving from Denver to a secluded hotel where he's looking to get a job at maintaining the hotel during the winter when it closes. And, uh, by the way, if you're wondering why it closes, he's like, because I was wondering that too, Jack. He's like, well, I would think the skiing around here would be fantastic. And he's like, yeah, it is, but uh, nobody can get here. Because the roads are so trash. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a problem of <laughs> having a property in the Rockies, man. Yeah. That, what's the appeal of actually going there, then? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't go... Okay, I have gone to Denver in the summer, but it's because of going to see their baseball park. 
But like, if I was into yeah. winter sports, it's like oh, I would go to Colorado in the winter. It's like, oh, where are you gonna stay? Oh, I'm gonna stay at this place that is closed in the winter. <laughs> like what? Yeah. I don't know what the other appeal of Colorado. I mean, it's scenic. Maybe there's fishing nearby. Yep. I don't know. A hedge maze. Yeah, we did the hedge maze Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday. Then we took a hike on Thursday, yeah, and then we my, left. It was a great, great week. One of one of my coworkers went out to uh, Estes Park out in Colorado this past week, for what it's worth. Mm. Well, I've never been, but I hear good things. Yeah. Get high now. <laughs> yep. Um. So yeah, it uh, closed because the roads are bad. And it's too expensive to clear them. So uh, Jack shows up and he gets the job. He's very excited about the uh, five months of seclusion they'll have because he's a writer. But the manager does let him know, oh, by the way, ten years ago. <laughs> this guy killed his family. Yeah, he went crazy. And himself. His wife and two daughters. Um, so, yeah, there you go. So back at Jack's house, Jack's son Danny has an imaginary friend named Tony who lives in the end of his finger, I guess, or in his mouth. I'm not sure. Yeah. Just going to not even make a joke there. Nope. Um, not doing it. Low-hanging mm-hmm. fruit. He also gives him a vision of the hotel where the hallway is flooded with blood. And Danny passes out after he, uh, after, he passes out because of the vision. And then after a house call from the doctor, we learn that Jack has uh, uh, once accidentally separated Danny's shoulder when he was drunk and tugged on his arm too hard one night. And after that, he gave up drinking. Yeah. He just didn't feel like it anymore. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> guess that's good. So. That's a, that's a great reference, but go off. So Jack takes the family to the hotel. They go on a tour of the place, and we see the hedge maze, the snow vehicle. There's a uh, walk-in freezer, walk-in storage room. Uh, meanwhile, Danny is in the uh, game room. We see these twin girls who just stare at him. And uh, on the tour, the head chef, Dick, is uh, giving the tour of the kitchen. And he knew Danny's nickname was Doc. And later on, Dick tells Danny, I knew your nickname uh, because of something my grandma told me. It's a telepathic ability. It's called The Shining. So Dick also tells him uh, people with The Shining can see things that happened in the hotel years ago or even things to come. And then Dick tells them to avoid room 237. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a whole, like, bivvy of information about the, 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 what's the word here? The fascination with the 237. Yeah. That I, I don't even have the time to go into. Mm-hmm. So one month later, Jack is having a bad writer's block while Danny and Wendy enjoy the property as Wendy makes dinner on a Tuesday the TV talks about a snowstorm that's coming in. Meanwhile, Danny's riding his big wheel through all the halls, past room 237. He tries the handle, but it's locked, and they, uh, after a screen flash of those creepy twins, he rolls away. 
Uh, Wendy then pays yeah. Jack a visit as he's typing, and he very sternly warns her not to do that while he's working. Ugh. Yeah, like, this is, like, when you can tell, like, shit's going sour. Um, he is very perturbed. The The isolation is getting to him. Yeah, which is funny, because he was all about it when they offered him the job. Yeah. And here's the thing. I'm going to say this as someone who was on quarantine for two weeks. Two weeks I was on quarantine. I still had neighbors. I still had friends I could talk to. You know, I'm in the – we're in the age of the internet, okay? So, like, I was able to do several podcasts. I was able to, you know, call friends, that sort of thing. And after two weeks, I was almost stir-crazy. So I could only imagine. Oh, yeah. I was – I had a uh, 2018 – I took a month off of work after knee surgery, and I I forget how long it was to like a drive, maybe two or three weeks, but yeah, I mm-hmm. was at home, not working, and after about a week, just playing video games and everything, I was like, this sucks. I want to, <laughs> I want to be mobile again. Like, yeah. Oh, hey, here's another reason that um. Stephen King may not like this version of the sh- version of The Shining. Apparently, in the book, the haunted room was actually room two seventeen. Oh well, that's a big difference. Yeah. Well, no, it's just I don't know, artistic license, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, he sternly warns her, "Don't do it again." As the day rolls ahead, we get the snow; it gets worse. The phones won't work, and uh, Jack. Well, Jack's starting to unravel. (laughs) This is the beginning of it. So Wendy gets uh, the emergency radio working as Danny rides his big wheel around. He sees the twins again, and this is where they're like, come play with us forever and ever. And then it cuts to them just standing there. (laughs) Then it cuts, and it's like their dead bodies are there, butchered. Yeah. And then... uh... By the way, the scenes with Danny on his big wheel very creepy <laughs> i thought again, very creepy and a, a small detail that you wouldn't think might be a little unsettling is you know when he's just you know riding around on the floor you're hearing the big wheel and then he'll go over a rug and the sound the sound will stop for like the solid two or three seconds he's on the rug and then it'll start again yep, i noticed that as well as good good addition yep absolutely yeah and um so then he, Danny then goes into his room, and Jack is there awake, and he says he likes the hotel. He's like, I wish we could stay here for uh, the hotel forever. And Danny's like, um, okay, uh, would you ever hurt? And he's like, <laughs> he asks his dad, it's like, would you ever hurt me again or something? And Jack's like, who else told you to ask that? Was it your mother? He's like, no, I would never do anything to hurt you. So it's not great. The next day, Danny's walking down the hall, and he sees the door to room 237. He opens it, he goes in. Meanwhile, Jack falls asleep at his typewriter, and he has a night terror, where he tells Wendy that he killed her and uh, Danny. And then Danny uh, comes in, and he's got a bruised neck. And Wendy yells at Jack, thinking that he did it, and Jack just kind of sits there all perplexed looking. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
So, Jack then goes into the large dining room. This is where he uh, really takes a big step towards crazy. Goes into the large dining room, sits at the bar. They made a point of saying that we take all the alcohol out of the bar during the off-season. So, he goes up to the bartender, who's not really there, and uh, has the bartender pour him a drink. He says, you know, Lloyd, I didn't hurt Danny, but my wife, uh, she'll never let me forget it as long as I live. And just gives this great speech. Um, he's like, this one time I came home from work. I was really late, and I went after work, had a few beers, maybe one too many. And I come home, and Danny's got all my work all over the floor. And I just tugged on his shoulder. Just, yeah, one, maybe a little bit too much. It wasn't my fault. It was just a little... And he goes on to, like, break down the science of it. He's like, yeah. just the muscle over mass. He's rationalizing mistreatment of his son is what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, it was really, really well done. Uh, when in reality, it's Shit. like, I can already picture, you know, the papers on the floor, and he grabs his shoulder and just yanks him up. And, yeah, maybe he didn't mean to hurt him, but, like, you did not take any precaution to, you know, not try to hurt him. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. And um, so Wendy then runs in, says there's a crazy woman in, in a room and who tried to strangle Danny. And that's who did it. And he's just like, what are you talking about? Who? No one's here. What room? And then we cut to the Miami News. It's like, what? <laughs> Yeah. And uh, it's Dick, and he's in a hotel room in Miami, and he's having a shining moment where we can see he can see uh-huh. room 237, and it's open, and Danny goes inside the room, and he's foaming at the mouth, and that's where Dick's like, oh, something's, something's wrong, got to do something. So uh, back in the room, Jack goes into room 237, and he sees this lovely naked woman getting out of the bathtub. So uh, mm-hmm. he just goes over and just starts making out with her. And then he looks in the mirror at the woman, and she's very, very old. And uh, she starts laughing maniacally, and he's just like, oh, what have I done? I've seen a naked old woman. And then he leaves the room. <laughs> yeah, Jack Nicholson's like, ah, you're way too old for me, toots. Yeah. <laughs> So Jack reports back to Wendy, and she says to leave the hotel, and Jack shuts down the idea. Jack then walks down another hotel hall and looks like there's a party going on. Okay. Meanwhile, Dick reaches the local police and asks them to call the hotel to check in on the family. Back at the hotel, Jack goes into the party, orders a drink, and the waiter spills a drink on him. And he's like, oh, let's go into the bathroom and clean you off. By the way, bathroom, also super creepy the way it was painted. All blood red. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a good choice for a bathroom, I can tell you that mm-hmm. for sure. So, uh, Jack recognizes the waiter, and he's like, yeah, I know you. You were the caretaker here. You're the one who killed your family and yourself. And the waiter's like, no, 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 uh, you got me mistaken. That's, uh, you're, you were always the caretaker, sir. Yeah. He says, uh, and then, uh, he kind of gets him to admit it. 
And uh, he's like, yeah, I, I was looking at your photo all the time on my desk. He's like, you were the caretaker. You were, um, he's like, uh, what was your name? Delbert Grady. And he's like, yep, okay, that's me. And then he's like, listen, your son is your trying son. to bring in. Your son is getting help from the outside. Yeah, he's like, your son's trying to bring help in the hard R. Yes, he's bringing in a hard awe. And he's like, your son has a special talent, and you need to correct him and your wife. If I, But he's being very yes. polite as he's doing this. He's he's basically like a butler. He's like, if it is, if I may be so bold, you may need to correct your son, who's being awfully rude and... Master Bruce? Basically, if I may be so bold, slap your wife around a little bit, you know, like... yeah. Very weird. Give her the old one mm-hmm. to do. Yep. So, back in Wendy's room, she hears Danny yelling red rum. But, uh, it's not Danny. Red rum! It's, red rum! It's, he's using the, uh, the Tony dude. voice. Hey, red rum! Yeah. Hey, there's some murder going on over here! Meanwhile, Jack walks into the radio room. He hears someone calling on the radio. He turns the radio off and, like, pulls out these, I don't know, batteries or something. Uh, meanwhile, Dick flies into Denver, probably, like, the only person flying from Miami to Denver in the winter, and he, uh, calls up his buddy, gets hooked up with one of the special snowmobiles to head to the hotel, and, uh, so Wendy goes looking around for Jack and sees all the papers that he's written, and all of them say all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Just all different formats, fonts. Well, same fonts, a typewriter. But uh, same, you know, some is a paragraph, some is just lines. Is all, But it's all the same text. So then Jack shows up. And he seems to have fully gone over the edge at this point. Yes. And he kind of follows Wendy up the stairs. And... I'm not... Hurt yep, you. Just gonna bash your brains I'm in. Not, you didn't let me finish. Sorry. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. Yeah. Well, he tried, but uh, she knocked him with a yep. baseball bat. He falls down the stairs. She drags him into the storage room and locks the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that should have been the end of it, but it's and not. She didn't count on ghost powers. No, she did not, and I don't yeah. blame her. From the inside of the storage room, Jack tells Wendy to go go check the radio and the snowmobile. I got a surprise for you. Checks the radio. Doesn't work. Goes outside. Check the snowmobile. The hood's popped open. It's uh, disabled. So you're stuck here until the snow melts. <laughs> so uh, back in the, uh, the storeroom... Jack was sleeping, and then there's a knock on the door. It's Delbert Grady. And he says, uh, well, we're, we're very disappointed with how you've handled this so far. But uh, if we let you out, are you going to finish it? And he's like, yep. So he opens the door. And, uh, well, Dick shows up. <laughs> yeah. Very opportune time. Yes. Well, inopportune, inopportune for yeah. Dick, as it would. So, uh, he goes down, um, let's, like I said, let's check out the room. 
Just as Dick's on his way into the hotel, Wendy's asleep. Danny grabs the knife by her bed and just keeps saying red rum. Wendy wakes up and sees Danny wrote red rum and sees it in the mirror. And backwards, red rum is spelled murder. Spelled killer. No, that's 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 relic. I love it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you didn't say that, I was going to say something similar. Yeah, this is no doubt where they got the uh, joke from. Yeah, for, for sure. So here's Jack. He, uh, oh, did I miss? Uh... Anyway, uh, Dick got an axe to the chest. <laughs> didn't. I don't know yeah. if I wrote that down or not, but yeah, he's he's gone. Yep. Um, so yes, Wendy locks herself into the bathroom. And we get a first uh, door break scene, which I actually thought was kind of more creepier, where he breaks in the door and he's like, honey, I'm home. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Maybe it's because <laughs> I've seen the other one a million times. but Yeah, and it's memed a million times yeah, as well. parodied and all that. But, gotta say it, he broke through the door. Uh, Wendy can't get out of the window, but uh, Danny did. He starts <laughs> swinging the axe, and then we get... Maybe one of the most iconic lines in movie history. Here's Johnny. Yep. As iconic as ever. By the way, Mount Rushmore of all time movie lines. I got, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Luke, I'm your father. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. And toss up, here's Johnny, or I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. Well, I would say toss up, here's Johnny. Or pizza time. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. I'd have to think about it's a pretty it. Pretty strong uh, list I it's got. A good list there, for yeah. sure. Old. It's old. A lot of them are. I mean, what do you want? Like uh, something from pizza time from Venom. You want your rent? you want you want your rent? You'll fix this damn door, or you'll get your rent when you fix this damn door. That sort of thing. By the way, I love that Bully McGuire becomes a meme the week after we record an episode on Spider-Man Three. You did? Yeah, there's been well, there's been a lot of like different like YouTube edits of like you know when he's like in Spider-Man Three and he's like, oh, little Gobby Junior, you gonna cry? That sort of thing. That clip. Oh yeah. That has become a meme. It's like Bully McGuire bullies Peter Parker. Bully McGuire bullies Mary Jane. Hmm. So on and so forth. I'll send you a couple of them after we get off here. Well, I know they did the Mary Jane one. After, uh, there was a meme in the first Spider-Man when she's a waitress. And she's yelling back like, yes, whatever, I get you. And it's like, it's like, yes, he's a, he has a job. He's a content creator or something. like. He's a Twitch streamer like something like that. Anyway. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. Jack's attention is divert. Oh, I'm so stupid. Jack's attention is diverted when Dick shows up. He goes down to the lobby and he hits him with the chest, uh, right in the heart with the axe. End of Dick. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty emblematic. Uh... But yeah, Dick went mm-hmm. limp. So, Jack comes. So, Wendy runs around and she sees uh, Delbert and a man dressed as a dog. Not sure what the hell that Oof. was. Some kind of weird fetish. Yeah. Um, and then she uh, sees Dick's dead body. So, 
Meanwhile, Jack is chasing Danny through the hedge maze back inside. Worth noting, Danny's done the hedge maze a lot. Jack has not, so he's got the advantage. He's got the home field advantage. Uh, back inside, Wendy's yes, Wendy's having a tough so. time making it out of this hotel because now the hallway's filling with blood. She's already seen the weird Delbert fetish, uh, but yeah. she does make it out of the hotel. And there's the snowmobile that Dick arrived in, and Danny makes it out of the maze. As they escape in the snowmobile, leaving Jack just stuck in the maze where he apparently freezes overnight. <laughs> Which, by the way, there's a uh, <laughs> there's a um, like a YouTube parody of this where it's like because it's just weird the way they cut to it just frozen Jack Nicholson and like they cut to it and they do the Seinfeld baseline like doo ba doo and then like the roll credits over yep. frozen Jack because he he does look a little goofy. Um, Maybe a half point off for that weird ending. Sorry. You mentioned Seinfeld. Then because it's Stanley Kubrick and we have to have an ending that makes absolutely no sense, we cut to a photograph at a party of the July 4 in the ballroom of the 1924 4th of July, and there's Jack front and center. What? That doesn't make it. Stanley, what are you doing? Why did you do that? Yeah. God, I hate Stanley Cooper. Yeah, I don't Why did he need to do that? I, I just wrote it off as like, oh, it's like those credit scenes from Deadpool that don't actually mean anything, and they're just kind of there, you know? But I don't know. I guess. Maybe that's credit. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Jack was a time traveler. Yeah, it could be. I have no idea. That would make all the time traveler's wife. Uh, mm-hmm. This movie was very good, yeah. very entertaining. I am going to give it an eight and a half out of ten. All right. Um, yeah, really good. Um, that photo at the end—it's just—it was to me, it was up there with the baby in space of 2001: Space Odyssey. Like, what the hell is this? Do you have you? Do you even know what I'm talking about when I say that? The baby, the baby What's in that? space. No. So like at the very end of 2001: Space Odyssey, you know, the movie's over, and then it like it zooms around in space, and it's like there's just this giant baby inside of a star. Not even a baby, like a fetus. Like you know, they'll do the the like you'll see the fetus inside the womb, and it's like you know curled up, and it's like attached with the umbilical cord. It's like a baby like that mm-hmm. inside of a star, and it's just like. There it is. It's like, what the hell is that? How am I supposed to know what that is? Like, yeah. It's so yeah. weird and not referenced at all during the movie. Like, I, I don't get it. But anyway, yeah, that was in there. Uh, and then this was kind of, I mean, it wasn't as goofy as that, but it, it made it about as much sense as that, which is none at all. Look, look, maybe you're just too stupid to yeah, get maybe. The, the, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, and then the way that they just cut to Jack frozen was a little goofy. I would have liked to have seen him, like, get really frustrated and, like, hacking at the walls of the hedge maze, but realizing that there's, like, stone behind him. And... I would have done, like, a passage of time thing where, like, oh, we cut to Jack. We see Jack in the hedge maze, and we do, like, three suns up and sun downs or whatever. Well, I mean... They mentioned the weather, and it's like, oh, it gets in the heavy negatives. And he was out there with, like, 
a, a light jacket on. So, yeah, you you would yeah. freeze to death, but it's like they just cut to him and he's just like frozen. It's like he's sitting down and his eyes are open, but they're like looking up and his mouth's kind of open, but his bottom teeth are showing, and it's just like, Urgh. like what? <laughs> Why did he have to look so goofy? Um, so I'm taking a half uh, point off for the ending and giving it a nine. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Folks, that is the show, finally. And next week, we are here to review, of course, the season finale of What If. But also, we will be reviewing Child's Play, which you can watch on Pluto TV. Mm. For zero dollars and zero cents, with ads. Who could forget Braun Breaker's dad getting beat up by Chucky? Yep. Well, that was when they were promoting Bride of Chucky, which was like 10 years later, but whatever. Still Chucky. Um, you're right. It's part of the right. Chucky-verse. Um, don't say Chucky-verse. Oh, my God. Uh, we're going to send you all out of here with, of course, from Jack Torrance. Not, no, no, not ah. the N-word. That's, that would be bad. No, I'm not going to say that. I have black friends. Why would I say that? And then you can't be racist. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Here's John.